we've only just begun to leave. For their Wednesday, August 28th meeting, the Elk Grove City Council has a packed agenda. Some of the items include the purchase of several hundred acres of land outside of current city limits during their closed session, millions of dollars of purchase hidden in the consent calendar, and dealing with the threat of a lawsuit for their violation of civil rights. I'm Dan Gowardy, and thank you for listening to this edition of Elk Grove News Podcast. Joining us today is Lynn Wheat, a watchdog of the Elk Grove City Council, who will paint a more complete picture of what's going on at City Hall. Lynn, the uh, August 28th City Council meeting, uh, the agenda is packed with a lot of, shall we say, big ticket items that appear to have far-reaching policy implications. Let's take uh, these items one at a time for your comment. The first is in the closed session agenda includes a list of six properties along Camera Road for the council to discuss negotiations for price and terms for purchase. We would assume that some of these properties would be considered for future city purchase. Some larger, some of them are larger than 300 acres. Lynn, you follow city events very closely. Is this land negotiation a surprise to you? And what do you make of this? Yes, Dan, it is surprising to me because I looked at where these properties are located and currently they are outside of the city limits within the city's uh, SOI application for the Camera Road SOI. And that property, of course, and that SOI application, there was a lawsuit filed against uh, the applicant in LAFCO, I believe, because of some of the species that are in that area. So um, I'm digressing a little bit, but I, you know, went back to and looked at what the mission and goals of the city council are, and anybody can go to the city website and see that information, and I didn't really see where it suggests that we're going to become uh, landowners, that we as taxpayers need to purchase land. And uh, uh, one of the highest priorities is completing the aquatic center, the community center, and the animal shelter. And we know that there have been delays on that, lawsuits on that. So it seems like we're digressing and focusing on other things besides what the high priorities of the council are. And to expand on that a little bit further, then I went back to the um, annual growth report that was under consent, so you'd have to search for it, July 24th, and it says provide for the planning and financing of infrastructure in a logical manner that avoids leapfrog development and allows growth to remain within the capacity of the systems that it serves. Now, we haven't even really begun to develop our employment centers within our SEPA area. So it does not make sense to me, and, and they, of course, haven't communicated why we as city taxpayers are going to become landowners. Just as a side note, do you think that could be a backdoor kind of like they did with the 100-acre hayfield that we purchased presumably for a soccer stadium? You know, Dan, that's a good point, that they could actually be doing that because then what they can do, a private developer put that particular SOI application in with LAFCO, so then that private developer and the city could then uh, 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 move forward with the annexation process, and then the city would approach it as, well, we own the land. Okay, let's get back to Camera Road. I noticed that uh, consent agenda item 8.16, the staff is asking for approximately... $200,000 
$286,000 to hire a consultant to do Camera Road Urban Design Study. The, the staff report says that the consultant is to, quote, look at various areas along Camera Road Corridor and identify potential changes to the general plan, zoning, southeast policy area, and other applicable existing or future plans that will lead to the creation of more urban-style development along the corridor, unquote. Lynn, the, the general plan, which was just adapted in the last few months, it wasn't SEPA touted as the solution to the city's jobs, the housing racial imbalance. And what do you make of this sudden shift? Well, first of all, as a taxpayer, I'm, I'm very upset by this because we spent so much money uh, putting forth SEPA, having that adopted by the, the city council. And then, of course, our general plan update took a few years to get that completed and adopted. And now, now, both documents are going to be reevaluated for once again more uh, rezones. Now, speaking of spending more money, I noticed that consent item agenda 8.17, the following item on the agenda for consent calendar, that is, is asking for, now get this, $1.5 million to be reauthorized from the budget reserves to the strategic planning department head, headed by Christopher Jordan to fund special products, or uh, projects, excuse me. The staff report does not describe what the tasks are, but let's touch a, uh, on a few to get your comments, okay? Okay. The staff is asking for roughly $580,000 to fund the, quote, 2020 roadway fee update. What's this all about, and can residents expect to benefit from this project, like getting potholes fixed? Well, you know, those are very good questions that were not explained in the in the report at all presented by Mr. Jordan. And so that's what I have. So I can only make guesses as to what this is to do with. Is Are we going to be considering the uh, increasing our develop, developer fees? Are we going to be looking at somehow placing more taxes or putting that on to the residents that live within our city? Are we looking at this because we know that there's been such a shortfall in our road maintenance budget that, you know, we're two, at least two million behind on that? Are we going to look at ways to tighten that up? Are they going to be looking at going for grants from the state or federal? We, we just don't know because none of that is explained. And of course, it's put under uh, the consent calendar. So we would be completely unaware of the 1.5 million. Now, he does say in his report that 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 department had had the money and they put it back in so what they're doing now is just moving it okay well that has an impact on what our budget yes that has an impact on what our budget looks like so I, i really believe that you know if i was a council person and this is what i saw you know either in that closed session meeting that they have before the council meetings that you know when our council people and mayor meet with staff or at the meeting the council meeting Wednesday night, I would be asking these questions. Is it fair to say there's poor oversight, in your opinion, on the part of the city council? Yes, I I believe there is. And and I believe that there needs to be dialogue at the city council meetings, that, that our mayor and city council members need to be asking a few more of these questions instead of just routinely approving our consent calendar where so much of the money items our tax dollars being spent, where that's buried. Here's another head scratcher, Lynn. They're asking, the city staff that is, ask, is asking $350,000 to 
for an additional funding. What's this funding for? This funding's for what they describe as a resiliency plan. Well, you know, I, I, I'm very curious that, as that's to what a head that scratcher. right. The, you know, it was brought up, you know, touched upon a little bit when they were discussing the general plan update, and a little bit when uh, the climate action plan was discussed. But it wasn't really um, gone into in details. But I think that it has, and I'm just making a guess. It has to do with how do we develop certain areas of our city, or maybe we look at, um, you know, uh, neighborhoods that might be not in great shape that we want to improve upon or how we might develop some land use areas what maybe where we put those affordable housing units you know I, i'm just not sure right and, and and i'm curious too does the city council mayor understand what this is because they're going to vote to spend our money on this or do they have an understanding of what this is i think we're we go that goes back to the oversight question so Anyhow, uh, let's move on to the public hearing, the actual public hearing portion of the meeting. And it's a really packed agenda. I know this, first of all, that the 5G issue is finally coming to a head. Uh, recognizing that the uh, FCC regulations have pretty much tied the hands of lo local jurisdictions. Do you see this as essentially a rubber stamp? A rubber stamp action by the city council. Unfortunately, I do. I, I, I do believe that the city council has some control as far as where the poles are located and um, what our city is going to look like as far as those the pole designs. So um, I think that there can that can be looked into a little bit further. I think Mr. Graham has made some suggest you know very very good suggestions and and I believe I don't want to speak for him, but he was happy with some of the response from the planning commission as far as the zoning code goes but again i think that the, that it is just going to be a rubber stamp well and to mr graham's credit he's been nothing if not tenacious in his uh his pursuit of this uh, particular item Yes, he has. And I, and, and I thank him for wanting to educate the general public as well as council staff and in particular our city attorney. Okay, moving down the agenda now, it looks like city staff is going to spring for the name of the Civic, Civic Center on the night of this meeting as well. Uh, I know this, this, the staff is again asking for another $140,000 for project management, bringing the grand total in the project management fees to two. Point seven million dollars. Looks like the Civic Center is also uh, going to be marketed as a wedding venue, a trade show ven venue, and tournaments. W what do you make of this? Well, you know, I I'm just wondering if this was the initial intent of our, our community center and that civic center area. And, and I'm wondering if this is some of the feedback that the residents gave as to what they want. Do they want, you know, a wedding venue in their neighborhood? So I, I'm just not sure how much public input was placed upon some of these decisions and, and use for our uh, civic center, community center. And I most certainly would want to hear from our seniors because the senior center is a part of that complex, as well as the veteran center. And, and will that infringe upon some of the activities of our veterans? and seniors. And, and once again, what I see the city staff going is recognizing that, that the Civic Center is really going to cost our city because they're already pulling, besides the assessments, charging the, res, uh, the residents the assessments, uh, we're also pulling money out of the general fund. So th they're already r running in the red on that. So I appreciate that the staff is trying to look at how we can regain some and recoup some of those losses that we will be experiencing with this. 
Many uh, people in Elk Grove will recall years ago when the land for the uh, Civic Center w- was donated to this. It was donated to the city for public recreation and open sa- space purposes. Seeing that the facility will now, you know, we have the Veterans Hall, we have the Senior Center, the Aquatic Center, and now they're talking about specialty retail for weddings, trade shows, and tournaments. Not to mention the breach of law, contract lawsuits that have been embroiled that uh, center. What are your thoughts on this whole process? I mean, and this is a process that's been going on for greater than well, almost 15 years, it seems now. What are your thoughts on that, Lynn, as a somebody who's really observed this over the long arc uh, of the Elk Grove City history? I think that this is really a symptom of our poor leadership that we have not had a mayor and council with a vision. Sure, they give us a vision statement, they give us some goals, they give us some priorities, but it's like they keep going after, let's hit hit something and see if it sticks, if it's gonna work. And my concern about all of this, Dan, is that they are they really aware of how they're spending our taxpayer money? Are they really aware of that they're not seemingly getting anything really, really complete. And then when they finally do, we're all going, oh, wow, it's done. And, and, and this has an early beginning. I can remember one meeting when Councilmember Cooper finally asked, I want the sum that we have put into Old Town. And as everybody's aware, we're putting more and more money into Old Town. At that particular time, they'd put $12 million into Old Town. Wow. And, and I can tell you there are some individuals that live right here in Elk Grove on the west side are still unaware that we have an old town. So, so this really is a symptom of them, you know, spinning, spinning around and, and not staying focused on one direction. There's no singular line coming out of our, out of our um, city hall. There's no singular direction. Instead, we have 20 directions going on, and they're not coming back with one direction. Would you say it's fair to say, Lynn, that it's a, uh, not only a lack of uh, oversight on the part of the city council, but it's just generally poor leadership through the years? Yes, it is, because, you know, I don't want to put all this upon staff, because definitely it is our... Well, they're our, only following directions. Correct. And, and, and you know, the, the city council and mayor had their session where they were setting up goals and coming up with their priorities, and the staff, you know, from the departments gave, gave various presentations, such as um, our staff for uh, public public works director when he said we're not going to be able to build our way out of this traffic problem and and was quite honest i i appreciate once again his his report and let me interrupt you lynn let's not forget in the last couple meetings one of the city staff started talking about the uh, the 200 year flood plain as it relates to the relates to the california north state university project Correct. But continue on with your thought. I'm sorry. Right. Well, and I can even comment on that is one of it's become an issue for our city now suddenly to get all the properties out of the 20 year floodplain. And the report even suggested the amount of money is just astounding. So staff is basically their employees and they're doing their job as they are more or less directed to. Correct. We can't finish this discussion, Lynn, without talking about one of the uh, really important items on this next Wednesday's agenda, and that is the switch to the by-district form of elections or the proposed 
voluntarily voluntary uh, switch to by district elections. Do you have any thoughts on that particular item? Yes, I do. There's been much, much discussion within our city, and I know that uh, residents of the rural area didn't really want to go to by district because they remember when we were under county how that operated. But I see it as if we go by district, those that really want to serve would be able to because at at the current situation, we're ending up with appointments. Or we're ending up that you have to have a couple hundred thousand at least to run a campaign. And this just, uh, I don't think that this is putting necessarily the right people into office. And I believe by going by district, we'll receive a much fairer representation. And I just really appreciate that our CSD was willing to look at this. Yes, hats off to the CSD. They voluntarily did it as well, it should be noted. Right. Well, I think in some ways they're a little bit more visionary than our our mayor and city council. Yeah, that's somewhat evident by their action last week, too. Albeit not as big as a move as the city would, they did ban the use of styrofoam products at their concessions and their events that they sponsor. Yes, my hat's off to them, and I'm grateful that they did do that, and um, I find that really rewarding for the students involved in that, that they were able to experience that success. Lynn, any final thoughts before we close out today? Well, I would just like to say thank you for your time, and and I kind of want to backstep to the naming of the Civic Center. It was disappointing to me that they didn't... uh, that they're going to reveal the name of the Civic Center at the city council meeting and that we would not be able to prepare really a response for for their choice or selection about that. Now, I've had several thoughts and I have brought up with the city council that um, I believe that um, Sophia Sherman, it should be named after Sophia Sherman for for her commitment to our community and the work that she that she has done for you know residents from all backgrounds. And then I thought, well, that doesn't seem to make sense. How about, you know, I believe it was a family or an individual that donated that particular parcel that we might have this um, area. And how about naming it after that particular individual? So it will be interesting to me to see what happens on Wednesday night with this. And finally, Dan, thanks again for this opportunity to discuss these very important, what I believe are very important issues. And thank you. This is Lynn Wheat, with more than three minutes.